Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad, unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. We are back for another edition of the Osmo MMA Strategy Show. Get you ready for Saturday's UFC Vegas number 34. Of course, going down inside the UFC Apex headline by a middleweight matchup between Jared Cannier and Kevin Gaslam. Also, the co-main event will be in the lightweight division as you got Mark O'Matson taking on Clay Queen. If you've not seen the interview that Mark Matson gave to the media this week about just the, the crazy what his life has been like over the past 17 months. Well, I'll, I'll mention some of those quotes from that. But, of course, uh, we are sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. We'll tell you a little bit about Monkey Knife Fight here later on in the show. Talk about some plays over there. There was one line that really stuck out to me. I was actually surprised to see how high the total strikes landed were in that one. But also, we are brought to you by our brand-new podcast here at Awesome Betting You Who Will Win the Heisman. Can Georgia dethrone Alabama? Which MAC team should you be putting your money on? These questions and so much more answered every Wednesday with Matt Dujeski and Ben Ross as they talk all things college football betting. We have new episodes available now on nearly every podcasting platform. So wherever you like to get your podcast, be sure to check out that. Whether you're like myself, I'm, I'm an Apple podcast guy. Or maybe if you want to go over to Spotify, you can check out that over there as college football season is here. I believe it's week zero is actually uh, next week. And then uh, Labor Day weekend, we'll get everything kicked off there. So we got you covered here for college football coverage here at awesome.com. But for the next hour, we are here to talk UFC Vegas number 34. And as always, I'm joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr. Of course, you follow Pete on Twitter at Pete the Heat MMA. You can uh, see him, you know, over there on his Twitch streams playing a little Call of Duty. So uh, happy uh, Thursday afternoon, Pete. What's up, buddy? How are you? Um, happy to be back and uh, happy to have, uh, you know, a fight-filled weekend between all the promotions, PFL, Bellator, and, of course, UFC. Uh, you know, not the best card, but I, I'm always excited for a UFC card. Man, with also that Bellator card, we lost uh, the fight that was one of my top four fights of the week of J.J. Wilson, Adam Borex. Uh, J.J. Wilson misses weight, misses weight badly, uh, missed weight by four pounds. So that fight is off the fight card. That was definitely, that was a fight that really looking forward to. Um, you know, tonight on the PFL card, uh, I will tell you, uh, Jamel Jones, a heavyweight, is someone that doesn't treat me, Kayla Erickson. I think she's must-watch TV. You, you can't bet that line. It's, I, you know. <sighs> She's like I, minus forty five hundred, isn't she? It's something crazy. I will. I did my show on Tuesday afternoon. She was like minus two thousand. 
Yeah, I think she's got bumped up quite a bit. I mean, she's a fantastic talent. Uh, outside of a parlay piece, it's it's damn near impossible. And even then, um, you know, if if the bookie or the uh, the platform that you're placing bets on has you know um, prop bets, that's probably the way to go in that matchup. Yeah, Larissa Pacheco misses weight. She's off the card. Missing weight just cost her a chance at two wins away from a million dollars. Beat. What did he? Oh man, the weight cutting struggles, and uh, you and I know that we have a, a mutual friend who is uh, big on anti-cutting weight, and uh, you know you wonder if if the day's ever going to come where there's a huge change in the sport. But uh, man, it, it's crazy how many opportunities are kind of thrown to the side because of uh, mismanagement of weight. Yeah, yeah, uh, and when you say big, that is all caps. B I G. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In terms of, of, of that that person's thought there, uh, of course. Uh, if you do have any questions on the fights, we're going to break this one uh, every fight down here over the next hour. Uh, be sure to leave those there over in the YouTube chat. Of course, it's been about two weeks since we've been here. Uh, Jessica Pitt, hey man, making me look smart a couple weeks ago, bro. That was an awesome underdog call, and uh, props to you. I, you know. We always say about how jiu-jitsu fighters may not have the best takedowns, but uh, she went in there and immediately implemented her game. And, you know, what can you say? Uh, you know, the submission was great. And uh, you needed her in order to to cash big in these big GPPs. Yeah, I mean, I, and as I look at Saturday's UFC card, uh, I do think this is potentially a spot where we could see multiple underdogs come in here in terms of, of some of these matchups. We'll, we'll talk about it as we do go on, of course, uh, Appreciate it. If you can give us a thumbs up here, if you're watching us live on YouTube, uh, be sure to hit that notification bell, subscribe, all of that. Of course, today's free premium data and tools over at awesomeo.com are the MLB top stacks. That's a that's a tool when when I do get a chance to play MLB, uh, you know, usually I, I try to, you know, I, I don't like to make my MLB lines earlier in the day. So it's usually when I'm around the computer later in the afternoon, but you got to check out that free premium data and tools we have over at awesomeo.com, MLB top stacks. And if you are an Osmo Plus member, ownership for Saturday's UFC is already up on the site. Alex got that up here about 40 minutes ago, so you can check that out over there. But to, Pete, let's get right into this main event, Jared Cannier, Kevin Gaslam, Cannier, 8,700. 7,500 for Kelvin Gaslam. Uh, watching these two guys talk to the media yesterday, uh, you know, the one thing that, you know, from the biggest takeaway I had from Jared Cannier was talking about the surgeries that he had, went through two surgeries. And, uh, you know, he said, look, I, I wasn't rushing it back. He was, I didn't want to re-aggravate this thing. And then you look at Kelvin Gaslam. I thought it was really interesting. He, he talked about the impact that Henry Cejudo has been on him mm -hmm. in terms of, of his training camp. Also talked about how it's been a more structured training camp for, for this one. But, I mean, like, for me, as I look at it from a DFS angle, Pete, like, if you're if you're a Jared Cannier backer, you love this fight for Jared Cannier if he can, you know, get that stoppage in the first second round. Kevin Gaslam never been stopped by TKO first off that knockout. So you got to throw that one out there. But I do feel like when we're talking about fighters to put in your underdog pool, Kevin Gaslam, I think, is somebody we got to consider because I think is if this fight hits the fourth and fifth round, I like Kelvin more and more. Yeah, I, I really like this matchup. It's an interesting uh you know, clash of styles and especially given the circumstances for both of these guys, um, you know, Kelvin Gaslam's one in four in his past five, which is pretty crazy. He had that awesome victory over Ian, Ian Heinish. And then uh, in my opinion was, was booked against Robert Whitaker a little too soon because there's levels to this game and Robert Whitaker is, you know, at the top. And uh, you know, I, I will say that 
that momentum was kind of halted with that matchup. And uh, if you go back to the Ian Heinish fight, you saw him Im- implement some strong takedowns. And I think that could be the difference maker here. And, uh, you know, his toughness is, you know, next level. He hasn't been uh, knocked out, but he has been rocked and dropped numerous times, especially in the Israel Adesanya fight. So uh, there's a lot of damage on his body for sure. And that doesn't mean that Kananir can't go out there and knock him out because uh, Kananir hits like a truck and, you know, uh, he's fought at numerous weight classes and uh, looks like a problem at this weight class. But for me, I really do like Kelvin Gastelum because of the the experience, um, especially if you look at his strength of schedule. You know, the opposition has been damn near elite throughout his entire career. Um, and yes, he has struggled and he has kind of like alternated wins and losses for a little bit and then went on a really, really long losing streak. I, I just like the potential and the better overall fighter. And you will hear me say that a lot today where there's a ton of close fights on this card. And I think that um, it's going to be a very tricky card for for DFS. But for betting, it's almost like what moves the needle for me is who's the better, well, I mean, who's the more well-rounded martial artist. And for me, it's Kelvin Gastelum. Like, I feel like he can strike just as good as Jared Cannonier. He can hurt him, uh, hurt him with some some good blitzes. He has an excellent uppercut. Um, and he has good combinations. And then if, if he needs to solidify some rounds, he needs to go out there and take them down. And obviously if he's been working with Henry Cejudo, you know, massive weight difference between the two. But if you can bring in his style into your game, you'll obviously know that he's talking and working on his wrestling. That's exactly what he's referring to. So I think that he could, you know, patch some holes and refine his work to really go out there and put a stamp on this fight against Jared Cannonier. I like Kelvin in the fight. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of just a, as a fire to put in your underdog pool, Kelvin Gaslam is somebody you put in there. But, you know, maybe Jared Cannonier can be that first guy. I mean, like, look, he, to me, Cannonier is someone to look at. I will tell you, Kelvin Gaslam be a decision prop. I want to say was, I don't know, maybe like plus 250. I, I'll have to double check to see what mm-hmm. that was. But I know that was one of the props I was kind of looking at, uh, you know, because there wasn't, a, honestly, I'll be, there wasn't a ton of props that, as of right now, really stuck out to me. But I think if Kelvin Gaston wins, I do think it's by decision. But I think the longer this fight goes, the more I like Kelvin in the spot. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I don't think that Jared Cannonier is a bad play at all. I just think, uh, you know, he's a little a little expensive, and I understand it's the five rounds, but uh, you can pretty much not guarantee, but, like, I, I think the KO is off the table. So that those high point bonuses are, are off the table for Cannonier. He's going to have to make that up with volume and, uh, you know, defending some takedowns. And I think that there's no way he's going to go out there and wipe the floor five rounds to none against uh, Kelvin Gastelum. So uh, can he do enough in three rounds to to, to really pay off at 8,700? Uh, it's, it's a little tough for me, whereas Kelvin Gastelum being a grappler can really make up that ground a lot easier. I mean, he scored six takedowns against Ian Heinish. I'm not expecting that, but I'm thinking of a well-rounded performance. Something that's interesting to me is early on in, in Gastelum's career, especially on the Ultimate Fighter, he started to, uh, and, and following the Ultimate Fighter, he started to find a lot of rear naked chokes. And I, I know that his jiu-jitsu is somewhat lacking, but uh, that that's just something that that's kind of like, oh, it got my attention a little bit. Maybe... If Cannoneer gets fatigued later on, that's something that he could take advantage of. Uh, Dave, over in the chat, Dave, uh, I know what Pete's answer is going to be to this when he goes, uh, Pete, I feel bad for taking everyone's money on DraftKings due to your great insight. 
you mind if I send you a cut? It would make me feel better. I, I'm just going to say, peace. I'm going to say yes. I'm just going to say. <laughs> no, no, no. All I got to say is, you know, is that there's a lot of effort on both of our behalves, and uh, it's the team effort um, from Tyler to Jason to me and other people at Awesome. We appreciate you. Um, you know, just share our share our work. Hit that thumbs up, and uh, you know, you know, tweet out your uh, screenshots on on DraftKings on Twitter. Now, the co-main event of this fight car will be a matchup at 155 pounds. We've got Clay Guia taking Mark taking on Marco Matson. First fight for Marco Matson in just under two years, 17 months away for him. You'll get the price point here. He's 9100 on DraftKings, $20 over on FanDuel. And then for Clay Guida, he's 7100 on DraftKings, $11 over on FanDuel. And uh, you, when you listen to Marco Matson talk about what has happened since his last fight. So he suffers a broken jaw in his last fight. Yep. has surgery complications from the surgery. So then he has to have a second surgery. Then he comes down with COVID. Then following that, his wife was diagnosed with MS and now he is training at fight ready there in Arizona, um, where I, I thought the, the interesting thing that he said was he said, found a good place to develop. And, you know, and, and look, everyone knows about his wrestling credentials, Olympic silver medalist and Clay Guida said this, Reason I like this matchup so much is because we are not wrestling the Olympic silver medalist Marco Matson. We are simply fighting the inexperienced mixed martial artist. It's a great way to put it. It's a great way to put it. But I mean, that's that's really optimistic, right? Like, you know, you, you have to imagine that over the course of him starting his MMA career, that he's evolving and turning into an MMA fighter. But what he's saying is true. You can't match the experience in MMA to Clay Guida. I mean, that's why Clay Guida, Clay Guida is a you know uh, a legend within the sport, so to speak, because he's been around so long and competing at such a you know a decently high level that uh, you know he has the right to say that. Um, and you know, an experienced fighter like Clay, Clay Guida will probably look to uh, take advantage of a fatigued Marco Madsen as the fight progresses, because that's that's a hole in his weak you know in his game, if you wanted to point fingers at anything, but I will say that, uh, Marco Madsen is going to be the stronger wrestler and will, if he can get top position over Clay Guida, you know, I, I think that he can pose him a ton of problems and, uh, definitely win this fight via decision. Um, as long as, uh, he doesn't end up exert, you know, overexerting and fatiguing himself too, too much. I understand that there will be some popularity with Clay Guida given the price and, uh, you know, the, the liability within Madsen's cardio. So 7,100, you have to think about how Clay Weed is going to score, right? So he predominantly scores via takedowns. You're probably going to, you know, cross off a lot of takedowns whenever you're facing Marco Madsen. I would just, I would just assume. So his path to victory will probably be trying to sneak out a decision or possibly get a TKO or a submission. In my opinion, I think that's, really unlikely in this fight, but I understand if you want to target it. Clay Guida does have 17 losses, but has faced literally everybody within the division. So uh, you could do worse, but I like Mark Madsen, 9,100. I think he's going to be able to do enough to you know perform at that salary. I mentioned there was not a lot of props that stuck out to me. There was mm -hmm. a prop in this fight that stuck out to me. Mark Madsen via submission. 
yeah. plus 550 because Clay Guia does leave his neck out there. Now, the other side of that, and, and you mentioned about the, the cardio potential concerns to have there with Matson is, I mean, you just, Clay's going to keep coming, keep coming, keep True. coming, keep coming. He's a cardio machine. Like, and so I, I think the way you present that is, yeah, I mean, I think if, if you tell me this fight ends early, I think it's Mark Matson getting the win. But if I'm a Mark Matson backer, what does concern me is if, the, say, this fight makes it out of the second round, what does that cardio sound like? What does the cardio look like in terms of Marco Madsen? Or is it a situation where the team there at Fight Ready and, and led by Santino have corrected that issue? Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I think it could be just a, a situation of like Clay Guida is going to be there in game throughout the entire fight, but it could be a matter of too little too late. Like, uh, yeah, Clay Guida started to come on late, but, you know, he ran out of time. Well, guess what? Mark Madsen will still possibly walk away as, you know, the winner in this matchup, just given his style. And uh, he's not going to be able to go in there and impose his will in the takedown department. And I think that's really where he shines in a lot of fights, where he's the difference maker. He's getting outstruck. He'll resort to takedowns. I don't see that happening against Marco Madsen. I could be wrong, and I, I, I don't hate having exposure to Clay Guida. There are just some other fighters on the, on the card that I feel like have more of a legitimate chance at, uh, you know, pulling the upset. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a nice price tag there on Clay Whedon and you certainly have to pay up if you want to get to Mark Madison. Of course, fancy football season is right around the corner and our fancy football draft kick is now available for season long and best ball fantasy leagues, the same projections, tools, and analysis that we use for NFL DFS goes into this package, which includes our draft wingman, best ball rankings and stacking guide trade value chart, and so much more. You can also receive up to $35 credit for underdog and FFPC leagues. You can get this package for 33% off when you use the promo code WR at checkout as promo code WR at checkout. That's less than $10 for everything we have to offer for long and best season long and best ball. Just click the link in the description of the video to activate this offer. I will tell you, I used that draft wingman last year and uh, it treated me really well. Really helped out a lot. I can tell you, I know everything there is to know about the NFC South because that is where I have to worry about the most. That draft wingman was a, a great tool for me. So highly recommend checking that out and take advantage of that promo we got going on for our kit there. Next up, we got a heavyweight matchup. Parker Porter taking on Chase Sherman. Parker Porter, 7,000. Chase Sherman, 9,200. Over on FanDuel, $23 for Chase Sherman, $8 for Parker Porter. Uh, obviously, you're familiar with Parker Porter being uh, there in the Northeast. Uh, he's a big boy. 
<laughs> that's uh he's a big boy and uh you know chase sherman we've you know we've seen him since coming back to the ufc um this is one of those ones where i, I just feel like if if you tell me this fight makes it to the third round i like parker porter more and more but if you tell me this fight's over within the first five to seven minutes i like chase sherman yeah it's a great point jason and i will say that uh you know how I was, I was talking and alluding to the fact that there are some underdogs on this slate that I, I like a little bit more than Clay Guida. Parker Porter is one of them. Um, it's not that I'm, I'm so confident in his skill set for this matchup. It's just that he does have a path to victory. Um, obviously, Chase Sherman is going to be extremely dangerous in round one. And that that early KO bonus is is definitely you know in the running. So uh, I'm going to have plenty of exposure to Chase Sherman. But as far as underdogs on the slate, Parker Porter makes up for power with volume. He has excellent volume as a heavyweight, and in addition to that, he has decent cardio and good toughness. So I actually could see him you know weathering the storm early and starting to uh, you know kind of outpoint Chase Sherman as the fight progresses and walking away with a a decision victory. So. I want exposure at 7,000. I really do. This is a guy that I will be plugging into my underdog pool over on Osmo.com, Fantasy Cruncher, uh, utilizing some groups. I want exposure to Parker Porter. This is heavyweight MMA, and uh, you know it's, it's very uh, volatile sometimes. I do think that Chase Sherman being at Sanford MMA is an interesting wrinkle for this matchup, though, because he's surrounded by top talent, uh, You know, good strikers, good wrestlers. He's going to come in there pretty prepared. I just don't know... You know, I don't have a good read on Chase Sherman when he's, I guess, not uh, popping. And uh, it, it's weird because his career has been somewhat inconsistent. And it's like, oh, wow, he really looked good in that Ike Villanueva fight. But what was that, you know, attributed to? Mm-hmm. Was it yeah. more of a skill set or was that more of, you know, the uh, the USADA violation? I'm not quite sure. I want exposure to both sides in this fight. And, uh, you know, I, I made the case for both of them. I'm still going to lean towards Chase Sherman pulling off the victory, but obviously my hometown boy, uh, I'm, I'm going to be uh, rooting for Parker Porter like crazy. I mean, look, there's ultimately there is a reason why Chase Sherman is, is the favorite in this one, and, and I mm-hmm. think that, yes, I, I would prefer to pick him as the winner in this one. It's a high price tag over on FanDuel at $23. Sure. At, that, at that price tag at $23, I, I think you're essentially just the hope has got to be that he goes out there and gets a first-round finish and can finish it pretty quickly here. But, you know, one thing about Parker Porter, I think, he, you know, he is durable. Uh, we, we've seen him taking some big shots, and uh, it, it takes a lot to put that guy, to put him out. So I think that's just something to kind of think about. But, uh, I mean, look, it's heavyweight MMA. I, I will say this. This fight going decision, I don't think that is a – I could see that being the case. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, Parker Porter has taken a lot of shots in his career. He's usually in tons of slugfests, and he's uh, – you know, in a regional scene, he's able to withstand those shots and, and persevere through it and deal with adversity just fine. But uh, we have seen him, you know, wobbled numerous times in the UFC in his early tenure already. So uh, I think that Chase Sherman's extremely talented. I, I, you know, on paper, it looks like Sherman should really just go in there and get rid of Porter with ease based on the, uh, you know, the, the history and strength of schedule. But I feel like this fight's going to be a lot closer than people imagine. Yeah, I'm with you in terms of that one. Let's move on to the next matchup, and we have got Trevin Jones taking on Saeed Yukub. Uh, Saeed's a guy, I've actually uh, interviewed him probably, it was probably at some point, beginning of this year, maybe late last year. Uh, You know, a fighter that has, you know, gone through the regional scene, uh, recently made the switch out to Team Oyama 
out there in California training. He's from the Chicago area. And, uh, you know, you, you feel bad for Trevin Jones. I mean, Pete, you can talk about this as a fighter. I mean, you, all you got to do is go to his topology. You know, he was initially supposed to take on Tony Kelly uh, on July 24th. That fight gets canceled. Then he's supposed to take on Ronnie Lawrence on July 31st. That fight gets canceled. Then he was take, supposed to take on Mono Martinez. We make it his UFC debut. That fight gets canceled. And I was listening to a talker earlier. He's just like, look, just send me a name. Yeah, I mean, at one point, it doesn't even matter who the opponent is as long as you're training for, like, the champion where, it, you know, your your opponent's going to be good in all areas. That's kind of how I, I start my training camps off because there's so many changes and so many people fall out from injuries to weight issues where you just want to be, you know, prepared for the best fighter in all areas. And then as, as the fight gets closer, that's when you really start to hone in with your coaches. But uh, I will say a guy like Trevin Jones, I don't think he cares. I mean, he, he's, he's a smart guy where he went out to Vegas, right. And uh, he put himself into a great opportunity and, you know, that decision has really changed his life. I mean, he was losing against Timur Valiev and then came from behind and had one hell of a comeback, if not one of the best comebacks of all time. And then uh, against Mario Batista, just, you know, his, his output is somewhat lackadaisical, but when he does connect in the UFC, he's been putting guys out, man. And uh, that's something outside the UFC that was not really there. So I wonder, you know, a guy like where Tanner Bozer, right? Tanner Bozer outside the UFC was a decision machine, came into the UFC and found some, some nice finishes. So uh, you wonder if it's going to get back to the norm or if Trevin Jones with his confidence and momentum is just going to keep soaring. I will say that, you know, any fighter stepping in on a couple days notice typically will struggle um, if they're not coming off of a fight where it's like, okay, they fall a couple of weeks before mm-hmm. it's very difficult to a cut weight on short, short notice. And in addition to that perform at an optimal level, this is a very, very winnable fight for uh, Syed Yokob, especially because uh, Trevin Jones, he, he's, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And I feel like he's a little bit of both and uh, he's definitely taken advantage of his opportunity, but I think he should be, Oh, and two in the UFC right now, but credit to him. He pulled it off. Um, with all that being said though, I still like Trevin Jones, man. I don't, I don't really like a fighter stepping up on just a couple of days notice to come in here and do what Mario Batista and Timo Valley have were unable to do, which, uh, is a little bit of MMA math, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what you question about is I think first off the weight cut of, you know, when he took this fight earlier this week, you know, how much, how much weight is he going to have to cut? What, what's it been like in the gym for him there, uh, at, at team Oyama, he does, he doesn't live in California. Mm-hmm. He comes in, in to train there at team Oyama. So that that's part of the, the equation to, to think about, uh, in terms of, I mean, you look at Trevin Jones and for those who are not aware of the story, what he did was he is, uh, originally from the United States, but was living in Guam and he came to Vegas and he just basically bet on himself saying, you know what? All these fighters are falling out of UFC fights. I need to be in Las Vegas and potentially mm-hmm. get one of these fights. He gets it, goes in there. The first round against Timur Valiev, it probably couldn't go any worse than what it did. You can make the argument that the fight should have been stopped. It, yep. It's not stopped. And then he comes back a great come from behind victory there. And, and Mario Batista, Batista got to a good start of that one. He, then he ends up getting the stoppage there early on in, in the second round here. Um, you know, I don't mind putting Saeed in, in it, but I do think that I, I'm kind of concerned you know, the longer the fight goes and when you're talking about taking a fight there on short notice, uh, Trevin Jones, I mean, it's a high price tag, whether we're talking about DraftKings or FanDuel, 8,800 on DraftKings, $18 over on FanDuel. 
it, it is a price as it is a high price tag, but I will say that Trevin Jones, uh, you know, in the UFC, his, his KO ability is crazy. And, uh, we have seen a Sayed Yokob, uh, get rocked and knocked out in the past. Um, especially for having such a young career, that is a lot of damage to take already. And I understand that Tremon Jones, uh, you know, 13 six overall, he's starting to find himself though, honestly. And he's not a terrible grappler. He's a decent wrestler, decent, you know, decent with jujitsu, uh, you know, holds a pretty high ranking. I believe he's either brown belt or black belt, but, um, you know, some of that with, within MMA is, uh, you know, a little blurred where, uh, some, some people with high rankings aren't necessarily as, uh, as talented in those departments as they should be. Uh, Sayed could definitely pose problems in the wrestling aspect of this fight. If he goes out there with a, a strict grappling and wrestling approach, he could definitely win over Trevin Jones. 7,400 because of the wrestling threat. I'm putting him in my my underdog pool, but I'm limiting his uh, his uh, exposure level. I, I don't really foresee him beating Trevin Jones you know, on a couple of days notice. So I like Trevin Jones from a KO standpoint. 8,800, I think it's a a deal and uh, I'm okay with getting exposure to it. And hopefully Trevor Jones can keep this momentum going. Uh, by the way, uh, reach him over there in our YouTube chat. Appreciate you uh, checking in here on a Thursday afternoon. And of course, as we're talking UFC Vegas number 34, let's move on to the next matchup. We got a matchup of now two guys who are both from uh, training in the state of Colorado, Vince Michelle and Austin Hubbard. Vince Michelle, he's been in the UFC for nine years, only has eight fights. That's crazy. Uh, 8,200, 8,000 fight here. Michelle's the 8,200. Vince Michelle now training at Factory X Muay Thai there in Denver. Uh, he ended up, he, he decided to make the move from California to Colorado. He said, uh, when he, when he moved, uh, he went to rent the U-Haul U-Haul cost him four grand to rent. You think U-Haul realizes a lot of people are leaving the state of California. Wow. Wow. That's ridiculous. Um, geez, that's crazy. Uh, you know, we got our 8,200, 8,000 fight, Jason, and you guys know that I absolutely suck at this price range, but I feel like I'm not too worried this week. I think that Vince Michelle is going to go in there and get it done. I think that despite his, you know, inactivity within the the UFC octagon, I think that he's a, you know, pretty well-rounded. And I think that he can pose Austin Hubbard some problems despite Hubbard looking okay, I guess, against uh, Dakota Bush. Um, I, I, I like Vince Michelle in this matchup. Do you? I do as well. You know, one of the things that I found extremely interesting, and I've this is not the first time I heard a fighter say this, he talked about uh, since he moved out to Factory X training there, first time he's lifted weights as a pro mixed martial artist. Yeah, you know, uh, me and my coach Greg were actually talking about that. And, uh, you know, everybody has different opinions with it. I think that, you know, lifting will definitely help your wrestling and takedowns and, uh, you know, takedown defense. So, you know, if you're lifting weights for your lower body, I feel like it's awesome, especially for your hips. Um, but upper body, you know, a, a striker and an old striking coach will say, you don't want to get stiff. You don't want to get tight. You want to be nice and loose as a striker. You don't want to fatigue your, you know, your shoulders too, too early in a fight. So it's interesting. I feel like if you do do it correctly, you know, like everybody at the PI is doing, if you have, you know, all this technology right now, that's in MMA, it's fantastic. It's, it's amazing to see. And I can't wait to see like the next 10 or 20 years to see people with, you know, a lifelong amount of martial arts training yeah. in addition to a science, you know what I mean? Like we were kind of in like, uh, you know, back in the day where it's just like, everybody just goes in there and just fights. But, uh, you know, now we're starting to see this new wave of mixed martial arts and, uh, I, I, I like it. And I, I think I like the, uh, the weightlifting for Vince Michelle. He looks like a very strong guy. 
I think he's going to have somewhat of a difficult time holding Hubbard down. Hubbard, you know, has a, a good uh, get-up game, but he he does lack some takedown defense. So I do like Vince Michelle in the matchup. Well, I mean, just think about just from your personal experiences how yeah. different training is now as opposed to five years ago, and especially especially from the UFC aspect of mm-hmm. the fact of how many of these fighters are now taking advantage of the PI. Yeah. And figuring out, you know, what is the optimal way to get peak performance out of their body? The fact of, I mean, look, we're seeing so many fighters move to Las Vegas because they want to take advantage of the PI. They want to take advantage of all the tools there. And the fact that they can put them on a meal program and make sure their weight is where it needs to be. And, you know, some fighters, you know, and they can, they can cater a training schedule you know, for what the science tells them about the fighter's body. It's crazy. The stories I hear about when fighters go out to the PI for the first time, they just go through that battery of testing and it's, they literally leave there with a completely different mindset on how to train. Jason, let me tell you, I can't imagine how the PI is, but I was with cowboy in the peak of his career. And I thought I knew what hard training was when he was focused Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad, unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy that we were going from practice to practice, practice, and we had strength and conditioning and swimming and this and that it was insane. So when you start to bring in the, the correct and right professionals in your career, especially like when you're making money and you can afford to do that, like when you're on the low level UFC, it's hard, man, it, it's yeah. hard to make a living, Never mind, pay all these coaches and bring all these experts in. But when you're, you know, fighting for a title or something like that, that's when things change. And that's where, where you really start to see fighters potential. Um, you know, but, you know, needless to say, I like Vince Michelle in the matchup. And I do think that the move to uh, uh, the new camp is is a good one for him. And we'll see how that one goes down. Of course, uh, this is the Osmo MMA strategy show. We are sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight with Monkey Knife Fight. You are in charge. Of course, uh, when you use that promo code Osmo, get an instant first match deposit of up to $100. You got to use that promo code Osmo when you sign up. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about the main event, co-main event here in, in terms of total strikes here. Kevin Gaslam, Jared Cannonier, Jared Cannonier. I, I thought this one was kind of interesting. Um, and, and I think it kind of dictates uh, of how, 
monkey knife fight sees this fight happening of a, of a Jared Cannonier win. If it does come early, uh, you know, with a hundred and a half strikes for Jared Cannonier, 69 and a half for Kevin Gastelum. Yeah. Well, I'm smashing more on Kelvin. 100%. Uh, it comes down to how you see this going. And, uh, I actually think that I'll probably say more on both because Kelvin is hittable. Um, he's just very tough. So what he lacks in, uh, you know, striking defense, he makes up with toughness. So I will say more for both of them, but uh, it's it's a lock play for Kelvin Gaston with more. And then in the co-main event, we got Clay Guida and Mark O'Matson. And uh, I mean, this is the one, just how do you expect it to go down here? Uh, Clay Guida, 68 and a half, Mark O'Matson, 39 and a half. Eesh. Well, I wonder if Clay Guida is going to abandon takedowns because he, sh- he should know that the takedown defense of Marco Madsen is just going to be there uh, unless it's more of a fatiguing strategy. I will probably say more for Marco Madsen, just slightly. I'm not expecting a lot unless for Clay Guida. Yeah, I mean, I think the question is if the fight does hit that third round, I mean – then I think that number on, on Marco Madsen becomes a more situation than that 68 and a half for Clay Weed. It becomes kind of a, an interesting dynamic of how you see that one going there. Now, I mentioned about, you know, look, as you look at this weekend in May, there is not a ton of fights that truly get me jacked up. But the next one is one of those matchups I am jacked up about. Brand Royval and Alexander Pantoja. Pantoja, 8,900, 7,300 for Brandon Royval. I love this matchup. Can can you remember? Do you remember when they were talking about getting rid of this division? What the hell were they thinking? I was screaming from everywhere saying, do not get rid of the 25 division. Like I love, I love light weight classes. Like you guys know, I, I love the WEC. That's my favorite organization. And you know, it was all lighter weights. I felt like it was more action-packed, but that's my personal opinion. Uh the 25ers, man, they just they're so good everywhere. I mean, this is such a high-level fight between these two. Alessandre Pantoja, Brandon Royval. Now, let me tell you, it's a very difficult task for Royval coming off a huge injury to now step in there against Alessandre Pantoja in his first fight back. Uh, you know, I just think it's a lot, man. I really do. I like Brandon Royval. I think that he has skills everywhere. Obviously, you know, his greatest skill is his submission grappling. But uh, he's going to have some, you know, some tough moments here against Alessandre Pantoja. Um, for me, I really like Pantoja. I think that he's, uh, among the elite within this division. And I, I think that, you know, despite Brandon Royval being extremely dangerous in numerous areas, I think that Pantoja is going to be wise to it and just be a little bit better in all areas. And he possesses that dangerous KO power. So 8,900 is a little rich for a flyweight fight. I don't expect a finish, but I do expect Pantoja to walk away victorious. The one thing I, I wonder about Brand Royval, and now you know because of the injury, having that additional time, is, is maybe will we see a, a fighter that doesn't you know doesn't take as many risks as he's done before? He kind of joked about you know not throwing four spinning back fists in, in a fight again, but you know he's a guy that he's going to constantly be going for. I I do wonder how much of the preparations for this fight was the team going, you know, Brandon, we, we got to be a little more, you know, patient with how we, we do these dynamic strikes. It's hard. It's really hard. I, I mean, in my career, I've struggled at times with, you know, with my coach, Greg telling me I need to be a little bit more patient and selective. And, uh, 
you know, I've rushed things and sometimes it's just like the way you are or how you are in the training room. And then, you know, you, you come out and you're just a little too eager to get out there. And obviously it's probably nerves as well, but I think like it's just in Brandon Royval's nature to be aggressive. And that's awesome. If uh Pantoja's not in good cardio shape, Royval can definitely, you know, steal this fight. He could definitely steal the fight. If uh, you know, Pantoja has a bad camp or something like that, something that we don't know. So Royval needs to be included in your underdog pool, but I'm capping his exposure. I think that Pantoja wins this probably eight out of 10 times, in my opinion. I, I really do like him in this fight. But I think when we're talking GPP and you want to throw a dart out there for someone that you know, if this fighter is going to win, you know, potentially could be a finish. I don't mind putting Roy Val in that punt play discussion. I don't, I don't, I don't blame you either, but could you see him submitting Pantoja? Probably not. So we're thinking. I, I think it's I think it's him catching him with with a with a combination. That's fair. That's fair because I, I thought you were going to say he was going to you know possibly catch Pantoja. I mean anything can happen, right? You can well, clip somebody, I, hurt them, and then finish him with a submission. Yeah, because you know you're not all there. That's definitely possible. So at seventy three hundred, that's why you know we're saying that he needs to be a part of your underdog pool. But for me, the chances of that happening are not really high in my opinion i I think that pantoja just goes out there puts a stamp on this and says hey where's my title shot dave i see your question about that free DraftKings pool for the main event uh, questions we will certainly answer those right at the end of the show but uh, man looking forward to pantoja and roy val next up we have got austin lingo and luis saldana saldana 8300 7900 for lingo and then 16 and 14 dollars respectively over on Fanduel. what's your thoughts pete I think this is a trap fight and I think it's a trap fight for either fighter where, uh, you know, the opponents can definitely break through. And I think this is going to be a pivotal matchup for a lot of GPP lineups. So I circled this matchup, not necessarily that I think that, you know, a crazy score is going to come, but I think that it could be a tilting fight in regards to, you know, Luis Saldana probably having the better overall striking, staying on his bicycle, moving around, outpointing and outworking Austin Lingo. But if Austin Lingo gets inside, gets close, he can catch you with a big shot, rock you, hurt you, possibly out wrestle Luis Saldana. You know, when you're coming from a very, very good camp, that's something that I always worry about where it's like, okay, I don't like targeting fighters facing somebody who's from a good camp. Mm-hmm. But I do think like when I'm looking at fight footage, Saldana looks like he should go out there and win. But I will tell you that, you know, strategy and game plan, if a fighter can follow it, that's where these elite coaches really can find an avenue of success. So if Austin Lingle fights the correct fight at 7,900, you could be looking at a guy that breaks the slate. Honestly, I think that Luis Saldana will walk away with a, uh, you know, unanimous decision. I think he's going to go out there and kind of, uh, you know, just not be there for Austin Lingo and then just pick them apart from the outside. So 8,300, you could do worse, but, you know, circle this fight. I really think that it's going to be a tilting fight. Of course, earlier in the show, you heard Pete talking about how we love to see those screenshots after the fights are over. Of course, we want to see you get into the Awesome Hall of Fame. You got to be rocking that Awesome Avatar on your DFS profile when you place in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants. Tweet your wins to at Awesome HOF and you'll win a free month of also plus platinum. Only one free month can be awarded to a user per calendar year. Just congratulations to a couple of people that recently went into the Oslo Hall of Fame. Dynasty 246 win $100, taking out second place in a FanDuel PGA contest. And then uh, P. Hanley 214, his name comes up a ton. Uh, 
doing tremendous over there, over in MLB, winning $100,000 and $50,000 in our contest. Congratulations to you. Also, uh, Justin Tope, congratulations. You finished in second place there in a MLB contest as well. And then Boss Hog uh, taking down the mini-max over there on drafting. So congratulations to everyone that uh, has recently gone into the Osmo Hall of Fame and would love to see you those screenshots on Saturday. Uh, I won't be able to watch the fights live, so I'll be seeing them after the fact. Damn. P. I was just looking at the screenshots. P. Hanley just murdered that entire slate. My goodness. I was like, what the hell? Every every lineup was in the green. But, you know, props to you guys. We couldn't do this without you guys. We love seeing the screenshots. It just It's really cool to see you guys go out there and uh, win some good cash. Um, man, so you said you're not watching the fights live? No, no, I've got I've got a Bucks game on uh, Saturday oh, night. That's right. Yeah, I'll be. Yeah, I'll be I will not. I will not. Yeah, I will not be here for live for lock. Uh, Greg will be filling in for me hosting the show. So P will be with Greg here on, on Saturday. Yeah. So Pete. So you know, I'm gonna submit my lines on Saturday afternoon. So I got you. If something changes, I I, I firmly expect a text. If you, you don't text me, I'm just gonna go. You changed. I got you. Uh, I got you, bro. You don't have to worry. But uh, you know, is, you know how you know how these Vegas cars go. And I was just gonna say, this is at the apex, and I feel like we're gonna have a couple fighters miss weight. I really do. Um, not not because uh, you know it's just a typical thing for the apex, but more so, certain fighters have struggled to make weight on this card. Wow, you you said that at the right moment. Are you thinking Domingo Pilarte? he's a big boy for the weight class, man. He is a big boy for the weight class. I, I kind of think that he might be one of them that, that could, you know, uh, miss weight this time. But uh, I'm worried about Ignacio, honestly, missing weight. But, you know, in regards to the Brian Kelleher, Domingo Pilarte fight, you're talking about two different body styles for 135 pounds. Yeah, I mean, and also you have a seven-inch reach advantage for Pilarte, uh, in this one, I mean, if you're Brian Kelleher, it just becomes of, you know, how do you, you know, how do you get on the inside of this one and, and not allow Pilarte to stay on the outside? Well, yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously Pilarte will be looking to keep, you know, Kelleher at bay with straight shots. And, you know, that's going to be difficult. You know, if you think of it from like a fencing aspect, if Pilarte stays on the outside and fences, uh, Brian Kelleher, he could have some issues getting inside, but I will tell you that he somewhat leaves himself open he his hands are extremely low throughout most of his fights where he tries to you know come from a creative style with the low hands nice and loose and uh, you know snapping his punches but more often than not he's been caught with some looping shots and that's not good news whenever you're facing brian kelleher because kelleher you saw what he did uh in a couple of his fights and uh you know he he has some good power man you know good spinning back fist good hooks uh, solid jujitsu as well. I, I just think that this is Brian Kelleher, man. I, I don't really like Domingo Pilarte in this fight. I think that Kelleher is the side that I want to go and I want to smash exposure to him. Obviously, I am worried about the reach, but at 9,000, I think that his experience will get him inside. He, it's not like he hasn't fought somebody, you know, with a similar length and skill set of Pilarte. I think that Kelleher is going to show like, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm a, a name within this division, like a fringe name that, that can, you know, somewhat be a gatekeeper and uh, make my way up the ladder. And uh, I like Kelleher a lot at 9,000. I think that the, he's the more well-rounded mixed martial artist, and he's going to get this done. 
as I was putting together my prep this week and I was looking at GPP fights that I want to target, this was one of the fights I really looked at as a GPP play. I think we got to target either side of the equation. Yes, I do like Kelleher in this one, but the concern I do have uh, on the Kelleher side is that reach disadvantage he has in the fight. But, uh, you know, really, we got to see what he, the, what Polarte looks like on the scale tomorrow as well. So that's something to pay attention to there. Uh, next up, we got uh, a female matchup, Maleki taking on Nunez. Malecki 8,600, Nunez 7,600. This is another one. Uh, there's three fights on this fight card that have a notable reach advantage. Uh, we just talked about one. The other one uh, previously was Jerrican Near, who's got a six-inch advantage. And, and Bay Malecki here, she has got a seven-inch reach advantage. Uh, this is, when you talk about, uh, you know, that, that lower end of the UFC female division, this is that type of fight. Yeah, one hundred percent. Low level women's MMA in uh, in the UFC is you know a very volatile matchup to target, but often one where you can find some good leverage. And I will say that for me, I know that Babe Malecki doesn't have the best record or the most experience, but I will target Babe Malecki because of the reach advantage, the height advantage. She's going to tower over uh, Josiah Nunez in this matchup, and I, I would like to think that she's evolved somewhat from her previous performances. Obviously. Uh, her submission game and her grappling is just not really up to par for the rest of the division. But, uh, you know, her strong kickboxing and Muay Thai is good enough. And, you know, she has decent skills within the clinch, uh, more so going back on her footage, less of that shown in the UFC to this point. Josiah Nunes is a uh, solid Brazilian kickboxer who, you know, puts good combinations together, really aggressive, but lacks takedown defense in a ground game as well. So this is a, a a fight that will probably play out on the feet, but I want the taller, rangier fighter if that's going to be the case. And Bay Malecki, 8,600, I think that she's going to get this done. I don't necessarily love the play, but I think that she's somewhat safe in regards to the rest of the card. Yeah, I much prefer going to the Malecki route in terms of that one, but uh, you do got to pay up, uh, especially over on the FanDuel side of the equation, $19. 8,600 over Malecki over on DraftKings. Now, do want to let you know that we do have two new YouTube channels that you need to subscribe to if you love what we do for DFS. And you're going to love what we do for season-long fantasy football and sports betting. Just click the links pinned in the YouTube chat or in the description of the video to subscribe to those channels and make sure to turn those notifications on as we are producing sports betting and fantasy football content around the clock. So make sure to stay up to date with videos with your favorite awesome hosts. If you want to check out some of the free content we are offering, you can find our fantasy football rankings in front of the paywall on the awesomeo.com fantasy football tab. And for sports betting, you can check out the awesome odds tab for access to odd shopper and our MLB betting tools, which include our sports betting model and player props tool. As uh, you got to always check out there over odd shopper, as you can price out uh, where the best lines are at. And as I always say, when it comes to MMA betting, live betting is definitely the way to go with that one. Uh, next up, we got a matchup of Pete. We got two Northeast guys going up against the chair, William Knight and Fabio Charant. Fabio Charant, the underdog in this equation. He is 6,800 over on DraftKings, $10 on FanDuel. And for William Knight, 9,400 over on DraftKings, $22 over on FanDuel. I think, uh, you know, we always talk about, we we always remember the last thing we saw. And the last time we saw Fabio Charant, he got submitted by Alonzo Minifield. And so I think that's playing into the price here a little bit. But there has been some money coming in on Fabio Chiron. Yeah, let me tell you that this price right now for both of these guys is ridiculous. Um, I do think that William Knight probably has the uh, 
the more notoriety between the two and the more excitement, like a lot of fans are excited about him because of how dominant he has looked. And he, I mean, not dominant, but he's, he's had to come from behind a lot, but when he wins, it's in a dominant fashion where it's like, okay, like, you know, when he starts to impose his will, he's a scary guy because he, uh, you know, lifts people up, slams them, you know, vicious ground and pound. I will say that his cardio is super suspect though. Cardio is super suspect. And I think that's where, you know, this recency bias with Fabio Charant being at 6,800 is a little bit ridiculous. Uh, I think that, you know, Fabio being now at Sanford MMA for this camp, for most of the camp, I think that he's surrounded by good bodies there where he can, uh, you know, work with a lot of people that could kind of emulate William Knight. I mean, I think if Fabio keeps this fight on the feet on the outside, I think that he picks William Knight apart and frustrates him, to be honest. I really do. If he goes in there and he tries to hunt another guillotine, you know, like Alonzo Menafield did, he's going to get slammed and possibly controlled for numerous, you know, minutes, you know, of each round, which is dangerous. So, uh, you know, I think that William Knight's going to be a super chalky play and people don't want to get to Fabio Chirant, but Fabio Chirant is my leverage play of the week. I think that I don't I don't know if he's going to walk away with the victory, but I think that he is the best leverage play on the entire slate. That makes me just kind of uh, go over to our uh, our her ownership and uh, yeah, don't mind when I look at those fighters under twenty percent, right? I mean, I think these I think you know William Knight should have been like eighty six hundred. I think that would have made sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I think at 9,400, that's absolutely ridiculous. Yes, he's dangerous. Yes, he's probably the more likely of the two to get a finish. But Fabio does have good submission ability, and he's a southpaw, and he's a, a, a talented boxer. So uh, I think that he'll have a better account of himself in this fight. I'm leaning Fabio Chirant in the matchup. But uh, my recommendation would be maybe just be a little underweight to William Knight here. Maybe just be a little bit underweight. Yeah, I don't think I want to get to a 9,400 William Knight too much. Yeah. You know, but it's like I always say, when you, when you have access and you're also a plus member, when you look at those ownership, one of the things I ultimately always look at is those fighters underneath 20% and who can I potentially gain leverage on the field? And Fabio Charant is definitely one of those guys you guys pay attention to there. Uh, next up, we got uh, Roberts taking on Bohandes, 8,400 for Roosevelt Robert. Nacio is at 7,800. Roosevelt Roberts is a guy that... Um, I think that there was a time where everyone was super high on Roosevelt Roberts and, uh, you know, it, but this is one of those guys that I, I kind of feel like maybe this is a fight to potentially look at just because of the price point here. 100%. And I think that this is another, you know, uh, case of recency bias where, um, you know, re, you know, Roosevelt Roberts at 8,400 will probably be lost in the shuffle because he's disappointed people more often than not. I mean, you know, you think about what happened against Kevin Kroom and then uh, against Jim Miller and a couple of fights prior to that against Vince Michelle. But I'll tell you that he is the more well-rounded mixed martial artist here. And you guys heard me, you know, preface uh, that I, I'm going to be, you know, using that as like the needle mover for me when I'm having a difficult time in a matchup. And I think that if he can mix in some takedowns, his striking is not bad. Uh, Bahamondes does get hit a decent amount. He is a skyscraper for the division and has the better overall striking. But I think that uh, Roosevelt Roberts, I'm going to lean in his way, honestly. I think that if he takes him down, he could possibly submit Bahamondes and show that he is the better overall fighter. But uh, I don't hate the, the call on Bahamondes winning via decision. I don't expect a finish out of Bahamondes, but if, if he's going to win, it's probably going to be a high-volume affair. And then our opening fight of the night, we got Sasha taking on Ramiz. Uh, Sasha, 7,700. Ramiz, 8,500. 
And uh, mention this question we got on Twitter here before the show from Hunter. He says, how sure are you and Pete that Ramiz can get the fight to the ground from 1 to 10? 10 is 100% positive. I'll give him a 7, right? And I think that's like I, a cop-out answer, right? But I, yeah, I do that's... think that, you know, Ramiz is a strong guy and a very talented grappler, and he has a knack for taking people's backs. And if you think about what just happened to Sasha Palatnikov, he turned his back. And if you look at some of his fights – when, when he's forced to get up, you know, back to his feet, he turns his back. It's a very, very bad habit. Uh, on the feet, Palatnikov has really shown that he can come from behind, withstand some adversity, and then start to pull away with a victory, of especially if you fatigue. So if Ramiz Brahimai does not implement takedowns or has suspect cardio, Palatnikov is going to pull off this, uh, this upset. He really is. But for me, I think that Ramiz Brahimai is surrounded by good talent at that camp. I think we might see a a breakout performance here for him. So 8,500, I really like Brahimai a lot. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of thinking uh, six to seven in in terms of um, my thoughts on him getting the fight to the ground. But look, if you think Sasha can stop the takedown, that's where we talk about the FanDuel side of the equation. I think you got to kind of put him in there. Uh, Let's get to uh, our straight-up fight picks, and we'll get into some listener questions before we wrap it up for this edition of the Strategy Show. Uh, Let's start off right there at the bottom. Uh, First fight of the night, uh, I will go Brahima. Yeah, non-DFS-related for all this, I'm going Brahimai. I will go Roosevelt Roberts. Roberts. Um, William Knight, Fabio Strong, like you, I think this fight's a lot closer than, than it says here. Um, I will slide William Knight, but in terms of DFS, I do like Sharon as a, as a good underdog play. All right. I'm going to side with my buddy. I'm going to, I'm going to root for Fabio. Uh, for me, it's Malecki over Nunez. Malecki. Uh, uh, give me, uh, Kelleher against Pilarte. Kelleher. Uh, I'll go Austin Lingo with a little bit of a, a minor upset there. I don't blame you there. Uh, but I'm going Saldana. Uh, gotta go with Pantoja, even though, uh, you know, Roy Bell's a guy that uh, I've had a lot of great conversations with. So I, I do, my heart wants to say Roy Val, but I think I go with the brain here, getting Pantoja. Pantoja for me. Uh, I will say Vince Pichelle. Pichelle. Uh, Jones versus Saeed Yukub. Uh, give me Trevin Jones. Same. I cannot believe I'm saying that. I cannot, yeah. I didn't think he, that he was going to win a fight in the UFC, but I'm going yeah, Trevin Jones. Parker Porter, Chase Sherman. Rooting Parker Porter, baby. Let's go, Parker. I'm going to pick Chase Sherman, but man, don't feel good about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Marco Matson against uh, Clay Guido. Agreed. Then the main event, um, it's a close one for me. Um, I'll go Kelvin Gastelum with the upset. Let's go Kelvin Gastelum. My mom's favorite fighter. I'm not even her favorite fighter. What a shame. Uh, uh, oh, mom, <laughs> not, mom, not showing the love. I guess not. So uh, David asked us uh, one of our questions uh, for the free uh, UFC pool that uh, DraftKings has on Canyon Gaslam. Uh, so all about the main event. Who will win Canyon Gaslam? Um, you know, we just mentioned Gaslam is my straight up pick. I like I like Gaslam. Uh, winning method. I will say this: um, if you're going to take Jared Canyon to win the winning method. I think to get yourself different, Jared Canier via decision. Agreed. Uh, I will go Kelvin Gaslam via decision. I would agree with you. He's not knocking out Kelvin. I'm going to say Gaslam via decision. Will there be a knockdown? Yes or no? Yeah. It's yeah. I think so. Uh, will the fight go the distance? I say yes. Yes. Who will have more takedowns? Canier tie slash no takedowns occur or Kevin Gaslam? Come on. <laughs> Dude, come on. Kelvin Gastel is going to have more takedowns. 
He should, but we he have should. seen Kelvin Ga- we've seen Kelvin Gassum in the past just forget that he can't take people down. And we've also seen Whitaker take him down too. So yeah. um who will land more significant strikes? Gasol. Will there be a submission attempt? I say no. How the hell are they going to judge that? I mean, I guess. I mean, yeah. uh, which round will the fight end? I would say you just go with decision. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also want to hit a super chat we got earlier. Samuel with his usuals, top two cash, GPP, underdogs, MVP, favorite inside the distance fight, top two leverage plays, upset the night, over under KO. Love the work, fellas. Uh, so let's talk about top two cash and top two GPP. All right. I'll go. My first for cash is Marco Madsen. And then I will say Brian Kelleher. I think that those two are are two solid cash options. Uh, in, in terms of underdogs, I think to, to potentially look at here, uh, Fabio Strawn, I think, is, is one to potentially look at. Austin Lingo, to me, would be another one that I would look at. Uh, MVP and champions. MVP. Um, ooh, that's an interesting one. Um Madsen, I think, would be definitely someone I would look at. Um, Bay Malecki, even though it's a low-level fight, maybe another one to potentially look at. Bay Malecki. I know, I know. Uh, Man, yeah, I mean, I really like Kelleher this week, and uh, I just hope he has a good weight cut. I will say that Marco Madsen is a a cop-out answer, but I like him a lot. Favorite inside the distance fights? Um, It's a good one. Would Knight Charant be up there just because I, I don't know if uh, in terms of 15 minutes? I don't know. I, I think the first fight of the night might be the, the most like volatile matchup. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's tough to say who's going to get a finish. It might be the Jones Saeed, honestly. All right. So now we got to get to our over under number on finishes let me just point out because if you've listened to the last week's show or the whatever our last show was oh you know jason got smoked on that line and i tried to tell him and everybody in the chat tried to tell him it was a bad line our boy tyler's even saying it's a bad line uh let's hear it this week buddy five and a half How many fights 12 fights 12? so i'm going i'm going right down the middle i'm gonna say eesh. i'm gonna say more I can see that. I can see that. There's some fights I think, you know, could see go in the decision, but also I can see a finish. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. The last fight card, yeah, that was not good. That was a bad line, bad line, bad line, Jason. Bad line. Uh, upset of the night. Uh, that'll be the last one there from Samuel. Upset of the night. Room for my hometown boy. Not hometown, but, you know, around the area. I'm going to say Fabio Charant. Uh, uh, Samuel says, uh, what does Pete think about pairing Sharon and Porter in the same lineup? I think that, uh, pairing that is going to be extremely contrarian, but you know, also volatile. Like you have to minimize risk for a portion of your lineup. So say if you have a 20 max, I think that you should put out like seven lineups that are relatively safe. And then the final 13, you can start to work that differentiation and no volatility, but, uh, it's all, all dependent on your risk. Of course, appreciate everyone here on Thursday afternoon. Of course, you're not subscribed. Also, right here on YouTube, you got to do that. Hit that thumbs up button as uh, we have a lot of 
ton of great programming for you. Got two shows come up here later on today. In 30 minutes from now, you got MLB Deeper Dive with Eric and Adam. Then we got the NFL preseason live before Locke, Lawfully and Matt to get you ready for tonight's preseason action the start of week number two so appreciate everyone tuning in here on a thursday uh, i will not be on saturday greg will be filling in for me as pete will be doing the show there uh with greg so be sure to check those guys out on saturday for live before lock uh, i will be in slack uh, earlier on in the day on saturday if you do have any questions for me i'll, I'll be in there for a little bit but i uh, do want to thank everyone for checking us out here on a thursday as always uh, be sure to uh you know, follow us on Twitter, whether, you know, at myself, I'm at Jason underscore Floyd. He's at Pete, the heat MMA. Be sure to follow Osmo on Twitter at Osmo underscore com. So that's going to do it for this edition of the also MMA strategy show. I will see you uh, next week for the strategy show, but you can check Pete out on Saturday for live before lock. Good afternoon, everybody. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.